0: everyone. It's Alan Bolio, President of ITR Economics. Thank you for joining us on our uh, Black Swan webinar on May 22nd. These are the follow-up questions for that one week later. Uh, good questions. Lots of interesting thoughts brought forward. I hope you find this helpful and, and encouraging. In the weeks since we have discussed the trends for the uh, retail sales continue to show promise in the states that are opening. We continue to see Uh, signs of recovery. We continue to see that we are on track with the outlook that was shared. Let's answer some of the questions now and and go from there. Um, Could I please address the simultaneous economic impact both of COVID and the collapse in oil prices uh, on Texas and on Oklahoma? Uh, Well, yes, Uh, I'll be happy to, but let me preface the comments by saying COVID in uh, Texas Uh, was a factor, but not as big a factor as in a number of other states, and the reason I say that is from our team in Texas and the feedback that they've been giving me, not because I've been there. And the collapse in oil prices is at least somewhat a thing of the past, somewhat in that we do have uh, higher oil prices than we did a couple uh, weeks ago, and and even then a week ago we were, were a little above that. When I looked yesterday, $33 and change. So, Uh, which is not great news. The big thing with Texas and Oklahoma that I can tell is not COVID, because that's gonna pass. And there may be something of a second wave, but I don't think Texas is gonna shut down. I think Texas is gonna continue to open up. So I'm gonna focus more on uh, the oil industry and those that are related to it. Now, those that are not related to the oil industry in Texas and Oklahoma, you're gonna move according to the GDP forecast that we shared. So uh, a lot of the economy, Is going to just continue to recover apart from oil and gas. Now those that are related to it, uh, hotels, uh, travel, oil, sand, all the rest of that, uh, there's a great risk out there for that segment of the Texas and Oklahoma and other states that are tied to it in that when wells are shut down, as I'm sure you well know, you don't know how strong they're going to come back. You don't know what the reserves will be something that was producing a, a really large amount of a uh, large number of barrels on a daily basis, ba- daily basis. If it's shut down for months might come back at a fraction of what it was. Nobody really knows. And that's the danger long-term Through so the near term. You're going to count on less production. You're going to count on prices, hopefully holding steady here in the thirties, which means the list of those companies that will be facing bankruptcy has been reduced and uh, the, the amount of rescues will be reduced and others will just continue to get by while waiting for increased global demand in 2021 to help things out vis-a-vis price and the amount of oil, gas that is needed. All right, how do these death stats compare with the number numbers comparing deaths this year compared to last year is the question. And uh, I have seen the year-over-year comparisons on, on a total level, not by state, and with questions, uh, now, the whole COVID thing, you know, and the year-over-year comparison brings up the, is this, uh, are we tracking flu deaths the right way this year, or do we blame it all on COVID? Or do we miss COVID and we blame it on the flu? And it's a very hard thing to do. And so the year-over-year uh, comparison does eliminate some of the variable miss, which is part of the question. Uh, and it does show that the amount of deaths so far this year increased over last year is consistent with the numbers uh, that we've been seeing for deaths, at least in this study or the analysis, the report that I saw would be the best word for it. But as far as looking at the deaths, uh, there's inconsistency in the reporting mechanism to be sure. Uh, This county may record deaths differently than the next county, which is somewhat different than the next county. But the important thing is that within each of those counties, even though they're not the same, they are consistent. So if they're consistent in the method of application, then we will see at least the direction and relative magnitude. So I'm not really bothered by the inconsistency nationally, as long as their consistency is locally. Uh, we can still look at that death trend and get some indication of what we'll be and where we're going. CARES Act was $3 uh, trillion. Uh, who bought these bonds? The answer is uh, probably very disappointing. I don't know. Uh, but they weren't all uh, bonds that were bought. Uh, money can be digitally created, and I'm sure some of it was. It's called fiat currency for a reason. There's nothing backing it. It just kind of comes out of thin air. In the old days, we used to say printing it. It's no longer printed. It's just digitally created. It's um, uh, I's and O's, ones and zeros, and, and so, therefore, it's no longer necessary to print anything. That is generally a question that leads to, are we going to see some inflation in the future? And the answer is not because of this, not right now. Now we did an analysis of that. And with the extreme increase in the amount of uh, currency being created in this process, it's a natural assumption to think that very soon we'll see a massive amount of inflation follow it. Not expected, and this, this wouldn't be the first time either, Uh, down the road perhaps, and we are expecting it down the road, but not in the next couple of years. So uh, I don't know who's buying it, and I'm not even sure how much of it is actually being bought versus how much money is actually just being created. All right. I had said the Fed Main Street program was not deployed yet, uh, but the questioner brings up a point, and a point of confusion, and I should have been clearer. Because uh, the, the questioner is asking how much the uh, estimate of what has been deployed and what portion of this plan has not been deployed. To the best of my knowledge, the Federal Reserve Board's Main Street program has not been deployed. My source for that is is adamant. I checked that source. But there are other Main Street programs out there from the d- various states. The Federal Reserve Board has not started. But even here in the state of New Hampshire, there's a Main Street program, and I suspect that other states have a Main Street program that's administered at the state level. Now, it may be federal money flowing to the states, but it's not part of the Main Street program that the Federal Reserve Board has. that I was talking about $2.3 trillion, because that amount of money is going towards large corporations. The Main Street money at the state level is going to Uh, Smaller businesses as well as I think it's primarily aimed at smaller businesses as a matter of fact, so uh, The Fed Main Street program not deployed and at the state level how much has been deployed? I don't know but there there's certainly still money to be deployed that will continue to help businesses as we go forward on The legislative front one of the most exciting things is that yesterday the House of Representatives almost unanimously passed one uh, person voted nay for the flexibility act, which is a great advantage to those of you who have taken PPP money. You know, you can read up on the act, uh, but basically it eliminates, uh, restricts some restrictions. It really lengthens the period of time that you have to use the money. Uh, it just makes it easier for businesses to use it on other things than payroll. So, uh, You'll like it. Look it up. I think you'll enjoy it. And the Senate has yet to take it up. Hopefully the Senate will pass it because it certainly seemed like a rather bipartisan uh, approach to the PPP. Can I address executive hiring? Sure. Uh, What can you expect in in this uh, realm, in this field? Uh, I've done no real analysis on this. I've not run any numbers, done any statistical analysis, but I do know, as you do, I'm sure, that Turmoil can lead to turnover if your clients need a turnaround expert. If uh, some prospects that you have need a turnaround expert, if you have uh, prospects who need a cash expert, a crisis expert, a leadership expert, uh, if your Rolodex, now there's an old term, if your Rolodex is full of those types of people, that kind of expertise, I think you'll uh, do well in that area. If you have people who just have, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, an ordinary skill set, and and they can be exceptional uh executives in normal times but a little over their heads now uh, then it's going to be harder for you to place them so unfortunately that is a depends answer if you have the right people there's certainly a need for those crisis experts turnaround experts cash experts uh, executives that can guide them to a sale uh, to experts that can be brought in to guide them towards acquiring other firms there are plenty of specialists among the executive ranks. And that was a good time, I think, uh, for them. Okay, Uh, when we get to the next question is, at what point did you change your outlook regarding a V-shaped recovery? Uh, I'm not sure at all about that question. The shape of the GDP and the U.S. industrial production forecast has not changed, though the depth of the GDP was altered some in late April. Uh, We had to go a little deeper than we did before. I looked at our previous Black Swan webinars, and the one from May 8th that I did had the same forecast as the one we just did. Uh, So sometime in late April, there was a a change. But if you look at it, it's still very V. Uh, It's not a lazy L. It's not a a broad U. It is still a V, so I'm not sure about the question. And since uh, the two webinars that I've done, it's the same GDP and same US industrial production forecasts um, with the same results. Someone is a supplier to the construction industry and they have been fortunate in that their business has remained strong. Uh, Will this deteriorate as the pandemic drags on? Well, let me first comment that I certainly hope the pandemic doesn't drag on as we see the number of cases not springing up so far, emphasis on so far, on a second wave, and I know the number of cases is a really fuzzy number to use, I do understand that. And as we see the deaths continue to move lower on a three-day rolling average, I don't see any reason for the drag on unless you just mean you're tired of it and you want it to end before, you know, say, uh, September or October. Uh, Then certainly it's gonna drag on. All right, so the answer to your question is, I don't have enough information to give you specifics, so I'm going to answer both questions that come to mind. Uh, what are, Where are you? Because construction will vary depending on where you are. And what type of construction do you do? Are you residential or commercial? That makes a difference. Um, if you're commercial, for the most part, you're going to find a lot of states <clears throat> and, and reaching a peak on the dollar spent now and just being a mild decline or being decline into early 21. If you're residential for the most part you're going to find stability and later in the year you're going to see the three-month moving average begin to move up, you're going to see the 312 begin to move up with an actual 12 MMT low in early 21 but basically think flat on a 12 MMT basis and so some nice rise later this year. We know that inventory levels are low, prices are moving up as a result, and the amount of applications uh, is going up nicely uh, for mortgage applications. So as long as banks don't get uh, too scared, uh, everything's in place for you to be busy on the residential side. I would suggest that you go to the website and do the 14 days free on Datacast, that way you can compare yourself to construction, we have a lot of construction information in the ITR trends report and you'll be able to see right away the outlook for you and for the particular part of the construction industry you relate to. All right, uh, what's my assessment of home remodeling and sales of outdoor building materials, uh, decking, railing, etc.? cetera? Uh, I expect we're gonna see some improvement uh, this year, later this year with a 312 rate of change and three month moving totals first going stable and then rising likely. I do not have a numerical forecast. I can tell you that the mortgage applications for refi uh, are below year levels and that banks don't want to do refis. Uh, this Intel we just received and you probably already know. The uh, banking, big banks are saying that's way too risky. You got a mortgage with us, that's fine. Uh, you want to refi, they've really upped the requirements for a refi. They're not in a hurry to refi at very low interest rates, number one. Number two, they're afraid of 2008 uh, redo, where all of a sudden, if this drags on, there's a major second wave. They're scared to death about a major second wave where the serious flu cease and that sort of thing. Then people will be out of work and they're going to have to carry those mortgages. They don't want to have to carry new mortgages. They especially don't want to do a refi where people want to cash out of their homes and use the money to repay debt, they don't want to be left holding that debt. And uh, refi is where a lot of remodeling money comes from, especially the bigger projects uh, that you're talking about. Uh, So uh, the answer is I expect to see some improvement as the darkness begins to pass, and as we head into tomorrow, uh, look for that later this year. Uh, Leadership suggestions for industrial distribution for the next one to two years. Uh, fascinating. I'm glad you're uh, looking forward instead of just to the immediacy. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I think what you want to do is is first and foremost automate and improve your operational efficiency as much as you can. If you have cash and don't drain your cash to where you can't continue in 21 and and do the run up in 21, you want to make sure that you're able to get by with less people. You want to make sure you're as efficient as you possibly can. Uh, Efficiency leads to increased profits. Efficiency leads to capital intensity, which means your money is working harder for you. It's doing better things for you. Uh, And you want to make sure that if there's something you can be doing on the floor, in the office, if there's something you can be doing as far as efficiency and talking with your clients, existing clients, uh, anything you can think of, please do so first and foremost. Do not overstaff. Yeah, I doubt you'll be bringing back everybody that uh, was furloughed or was laid off. I think you're going to find that you can do with less people. You may find that uh, you can cross train more because the a number of people you're going to need was based upon a high level of activity. It's going to be a while before you back to that level of activity. If you're a standard industrial distributor, it'll be a while. So you're not going to bring everybody back. So don't overstaff. And if there are a couple people uh, that you need to cross train, cross train. Plan your marketing uh, in this new environment. Make sure that you have really done what you're supposed to do on your websites and and your marketing is is geared to a post-COVID world. Uh, And there'll be buzzwords that we use and there'll be all kinds of new things that will become available. I'm not a marketing expert. Uh, I would refer you to a firm called Chief Outsiders. Uh, They're national. They have offices all over the place. They provide fractional uh, chief marketing officers. Chief Outsiders, they would help you with that. But use the rates of change and forecasts uh, that you can get through the that free trial to know where you should be focusing your attention. Um, and lastly, make sure that you're offering productivity enhancements to your client base. Um, right now, it doesn't seem like that's the important thing, but we think in 21, that's gonna become really important. So your message is gonna be one, uh, at least partially, of productivity enhancements. Uh, price it's not something you want to move on. You don't have the margins likely to begin with anyways that you can move much. So you're going to up your game. How can I enhance your profitability? Uh, my client, how can I partner with you to make sure that you have less inventory and I have more uh, visibility on your floor? You know, all those things that I've been out there for a while, but if you're not doing them, you're missing out on a way to uh, deepen the moat around your client and to make sure that, uh, you sell more product to that client. Well, uh, what's the GDP forecast for all of 2021 overall? The answer is 3.6%. Uh, the growth rate we think will peak in the third quarter of 21 and return and the dollars will return to a record high, means back to real growth in the third quarter of 21. Uh, do we have a U.S. unemployment rate projection? The answer is yes. And right now, and this is volatile, so it could certainly change, and please understand that, This is not meant to be one of those long-term forecasts. But right now, our year-end unemployment rate forecast is 13.3%. And uh, you didn't ask about 2021, and I'll go out on a limb and tell you 2021, subject to change, is right around 9%. Uh, Unemployment rate is going to be on the high side for a while, which means that you'll have access to labor, to good labor, uh, as you go forward. The lack of commercial credit available to suppliers to sell to retailers uh, is going to be a huge drag on reopening and can indeed cause uh, to fail for all, but the largest companies. Um, Yeah. Well, the lack of commercial credit uh, is certainly problematic to a lot of people. I'm not sure it's just, uh, I'm not sure about the largest companies part, large companies can uh, see Hertz. All right. They're not a distributor, uh, certainly, but, See uh, Hertz, a very large company, lack of credit, lack of sales. Uh, C- uh, J.C. Penney, very large company, filing for bankruptcy. So the largest, uh, I think, is probably not where I would go. Uh, but it, really, it's a matter of whether you have access to the stimulus money in all its various forms. If you have a good relationship with your bank, but if it's truly a lack of cash caused by a lack of commercial credit availability, uh, then you're going to see along the distribution uh, channel, zombie companies uh, forming. That's a not a, a great term, I understand, but it's a term that's in use these days. Now, as far as the lack of commercial credit, uh, that's it because banks are afraid. You know, banks are holding you know, one to 5% of a lot of the loans that the Fed, Federal Reserve, and Congress uh, through the SBA and Federal Reserve are backing. So, uh, you know, the, the taxpayers taking the brunt of it. But that doesn't mean it's a small dollar amount that the banks are stuck with. If the banks are are on the hook overall for 5% of of $5 trillion, that's a lot of potential loss. And they're very worried. Uh, A lot of banks are concerned that they'll be holding the bag on non-performing loans. And that means that they are being very cautious as to who they lend to. They cannot expand their risk portfolio because they have all these other risks that they've taken on in order to help clients survive, in order to do uh, the right thing, in order to make some money. It's all there. So that lack of commercial credit availability is understandable, and if that's a company listening today that does not have access to commercial credit, that's not gonna ease anytime soon. I think you're gonna find that's not a tomorrow uh, thing that's gonna slowly fade as we go through the year. So it's a question of whether firms without sufficient cash can make it through the year if you are that firm that cannot you've done your cash projections the banks have said no there's no more cares money for you and you're going to run out of cash of course the only management objective left for you is to see about selling the company uh, while you still can everybody will spot the working capital problem but it's still a, a more graceful exit than just closing the door okay I was asked to remind everyone, again, where to find the leading indicators on the website. The answer is on our homepage, itreconomics.com. Then just scroll down to the bottom of the page. It's below the fold in the old days. Uh, scroll down, and you're going to find uh, Datacast uh, free trial. That's where you want to go. Uh, and if you want to see the uh, leading indicators uh, for the next three months, then you're going to look for the ITR trends report a uh, free trial. They're both there. And if that doesn't work for well, you, just send me an email and I'll hook you up with somebody in, in sales uh, just so they can get you. Actually, I'll hook you up with somebody in marketing, not sales. And they'll just make sure that uh, you have access to it. Marketing likes to do that. What's our expectations for employment numbers generally? Uh, well, the employment numbers are a much happier subject than the unemployment numbers. We think the employment numbers are going to begin a a rising trend on a 12-month moving average basis in the second quarter of 21. Yeah, that far out, uh, that this is going to be a slow turn in the number of people working. Now, the difficulty comes in that under the current uh, existing regulations, the enhanced federal unemployment runs out at the end of July. If it runs out at the end of July and we don't see much employment happening this year, although we do see millions coming back, but when you have 40 million unemployed, having many millions come back still leaves many millions without. If their unemployment benefits are dropped, that means there's a large segment of the population that's hurting. The answer for that from Congress is something called the Heroics Act. The Heroics Act would extend the federal unemployment uh, insurance, the UI, Uh, through January of 2021, which would tie in nicely with the beginning of the rising trend, because as people are facing the end of enhanced unemployment benefits, uh, they would be more apt to go to work. I'm sure you have heard stories as well as I have about people who are trying to hire, but cannot find people uh, to hire. Uh, Or the people they contact who used to work for them say, no, not right now, maybe maybe later. Uh, Interesting. And I know it's extremely anecdotal, uh, but a little restaurant I uh, tend to frequent in Maine, uh, he can't get, he can open up in Maine now, uh, partially, but he can't get people to come in. Dishwashers won't come in. Counter help won't come in. Uh, they just, and they've been very blunt about it. They're making more not working. So uh, he's planning on opening in August. All right. What about the forecast for aircraft manufacturing? Uh, that's not a good place to be, my friend. Whoever asked that, it's not at all encouraging. As you look at the TSA numbers, uh, the number of people going through TSA is rising, which is good. Uh, we like the trend, uh, but it's still a pitifully low number, uh, just incredibly low number. And we don't see it rising quickly this year. Later this year, it will begin to pick up. But the financial damage to the airlines is, is incredible. And yes, there's some bailout money. Uh, Delta's planning, expecting that the bailout money will, will have been gone through by the end of September. That's still a world of hurt. And uh, some flights have been canceled, flights have been reduced. Uh, so there's no, nothing real encouraging there for you. This year, we think that the year-over-year manufacturing 12-month moving average will come in uh, 24.6% below 2019. Uh, And there's going to be another negative number in 21, not nearly as large, but 21 we expect will come in below 2020 in terms of aircraft manufacturing. Really tough place to be in. What is the impact of having larger national debt? Uh, Well, it has the impact of putting a lot more pressure on the federal budget as we go forward. And as we look at the go forward part, it becomes how long before we see an increase in taxes, if we see an increase in taxes. Uh, we've talked before about modern monetary theory. If we see modern monetary theory, which basically says the government can borrow as much as it wants for as long as it wants, become actually adopted uh, by the government, and so far it's just kind of looked at, winked at, and we're we're using the premise without actually adopting it, uh, then you don't worry about raising taxes. But if you notice in Congress you still see talk about having to raise taxes to pay for all this. The recipients of that pressure for more taxes would be you and I. It would be higher income individuals and it would be businesses. So this larger national debt, one of the impacts is that you can probably expect in the relative near term, next couple of years, higher taxes on individuals and on high uh, high net worth individuals, or high income individuals and on businesses. Uh, that would certainly be problematic. The, it also puts more budget on, more pressure on the federal budget year over year, especially if interest rates rise in the second half of this decade, and that leads to our 2030 uh, Great Depression scenario. It's one of the causal factors. Uh, consumer spending on home goods, outdoor furniture, et cetera, uh, with consumers not traveling, no sports, et cetera. I think the question is there, what do I expect? It, what's gonna happen? Well, I looked at the personal consumption expenditure for outdoor equipment and it was strong through March, which was encouraging, but the retail sales for sports uh, fell off in March. Uh, Logic would suggest hobbies and et cetera will be doing well. Anecdotally, that's what I hear. Uh, People are finding ways to keep busy at home. People are, are buying and keeping themselves entertained, so I suspect You'll find that uh, if it keeps me busy and makes me happy, that'll do well. Outdoor furniture, I don't know. That's a bit of a remodeling question. But if it's just, you know, new furniture for the patio, I can see people running to Lowe's and Home Depot and fixing up the place. I think we've all seen a lot of that going on, a lot of raking, bagging, and fixing up the place, sprucing up. So home goods, uh, I would expect to do well. But it's too early in that data flow to give you a April-May. And April-May will be the telling period. Uh, for what you're asking about. Uh, When do we expect to see a notable increase in tax rates? Well, just answer that. So um, it could happen uh, in 21 or 22 if there's a shift in power in Washington with this November election. Uh, If the White House and Congress uh, become uh, controlled by the Democrats, it is likelier, not altogether likely, but more likely, to see those tax increases that uh, you sound like you may be worried about. Uh, I did not know this. I learned this from a very uh, good source I've I've had for years, uh, Jade West, uh, that the Senate is only three seats away from the Republicans losing the majority. Uh, So we could have a Congress and a White House controlled by the same party, in which case a lot of decisions could be made rather quickly. So let's assume there's a tax hike in 21. A tax hike in 21 on high income individuals and on businesses does not have an impact on you until 22. Uh, It would not be likely that they would pass something until the second half of the year. They're not likely to make it retroactive, although it certainly is possible, but let's assume that it's pretty normal and they say, well, next year, that means in 22 you're having more taxes withheld, you're paying more estimated taxes. So there's a cash impact on your business uh, in, in 22. Last question: How much of an impact of reduced stock buybacks by publicly traded companies will have on equity values? Uh, how much of an impact? That's a really good question. I'm not an analyst on when it comes to the stock market. Uh, it'd be a great question for your financial analyst. Uh, I looked at the trends and shared the trends with you, uh, but I do not have a how much answer. That would be asking me for a percent shaved off the growth percentage or what the anticipated growth might be if we don't. Uh, have the stock buybacks, and and that's not the type of forecast we do. There are lots of really smart people in the financial world who can answer that question. I'm just not uh, one of them, I'm afraid, and uh, I'd like to stay away from uh, those types of things. I did not want to ignore your question, but I, I'd encourage you to see your professional financial advisor uh, and ask him or her uh, their opinion on that, and uh, feel free to share the slide. All right. That is it for our questions. Uh, Brian and I and the entire ITR team wanna thank you for being part of the webinars. Uh, We hope you join us in June as we talk more about the political environment and uh, we talk more about changes that may come because of that. We hope you join us uh, in July and as we see more openings, we see much more detail as to how things are shaping up compared to forecast and that we can even see whether we're seeing the, the uh, COVID continue to pass. We'll see what's happening with banking. We'll have more information by, on banking by then. And to July 1, we should have information um, through June, I'm hoping. Um, so, you know, we'll have more. We'll know what's going on in greater clarity. Please join us. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day today. I hope this helps you out. Uh, we wish you all the best from ITR.